Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you today? Doing well, doing well. Still sorting things yeah, out. And bringing the news. I don't know whether I'm smarter than I was a year ago or not. <laughs> a lot of people would argue with me. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, in, in, in spite of the fact that I think I had a pretty good understanding of immunities, uh, both politically and medically, been a lot of experts on TV. Yeah, sure, yeah. But, uh, there, but I still feel like I've learned a lot, uh, you know, about uh, how, how the immune system can be very beneficial if we had more people informed about it. And uh, although it was taught to us in, in medical school, uh, it, it was sort of taken for granted for so long, and, and all of a sudden, all that learning was canceled out yeah. with uh, a few demagogues and a few people, you know, ranting and raving about this, and and then having these lockdowns and the people just rolling over. So it's rather rather astonishing. But today we'll probably have a couple points to make where uh, maybe there's a little reversal going on yeah, there. Yeah. The numbers of people who are saying, hey, wait a minute, uh, I, I think those numbers are growing. Um, you'd, you'd think there would be more wisdom come out of Israel with regard to uh, the viruses and immunity and the vaccines and the booster shots yeah. uh, because they've worked hard at it, you know. Uh, uh, they, uh, they list themselves as a democratic state in, yeah. in, a, in a positive way, but it turns out they're very authoritarian. Yeah. But um, there, there's, a, of course, United States is very authoritarian yeah. too. But uh, who would have ever dreamed that we'd see what was going, what is going on in Australia right now? Uh, they're very authoritarian. Yeah. But anyway, Israel's done a lot of inoculation. Yes, they've they had have. a lot of people, and every time another uh, variant comes out, you need another vaccine. Yeah. So maybe they have some investments in some companies. <laughs> but uh, there, there are the big debate now is. Uh, how many people must have the fourth shot? Yeah. And uh, they say well, the second and third didn't do so well, and maybe the first one didn't do so well too, because you know a few famous people now uh, still they would have the most uh, uh, qualified doctors taking care of them. Yeah. You know the military generals and and the politicians and everybody they they should have had the shot at the right time and all the proper boosters, and yet lo and behold. I'll bet when the death settles that we will find out that there have been more complications uh, with disease and all the problems uh, that we talk about in these past two years. It'll be much worse than people who had all the vaccines than those who said, I believe in natural immunity and I'm going to stick to my guns and I have a right to do that. But right now it's still risky, you know to say those kind of things, and you can get punished for it. But I, I, think, I think when uh, people look at this more objectively, they're, they're going to realize that uh, we were way off base, and I think we have somebody that you're going to quote that uh, yeah. <laughs> sort of admits that they've been off base. But, but anyway, I think that uh, uh, this whole thing, a debate over the fourth, uh, uh, the fourth booster shot, is sort of, 
that's unreal. Yeah. You know, I wonder if, I don't think anybody, I don't think the, the world has ever come close to doing anything like that. Just pounding away. Yeah, we've heard of boosters and we heard of, uh, you know, even delayed boosters. You know, for years they gave boosters uh, for tetanus and things. And uh -huh. It wasn't unheard of. But this, having the fourth booster within a year of yeah. all this stuff, that, that, that's rather bizarre. And still, people are getting sick there no less so than in other places of the world. And sometimes I think the people who have had all the shots are probably, if for the future, are more in danger than those who never got any. Well, can you imagine what would happen if you've gotten your fourth polio shot in the year and you came down with polio? People would not be too happy about <laughs> that. Right. So, but I think, you know, you're right when you say the smoke clears, they're going to talk about damage that was done, but they're also going to mitigate the death toll. And we know that because even Walensky is saying we need to make some distinction between people that died with and from COVID. So I think we're going to start seeing that come out. But the, the Israel study is very, very important. Unfortunately, we've said it over and over. Poor Israelis have been lab rats for their governments and for Big Pharma. Mm. They've been stuck more than anyone. They finally, at Sheba Medical Center, they did a landmark study over the past month studying the effects of the fourth dose. Let's put up that first, um, that first clip because it's from the Times of Israel. Israeli trial, the world's first, finds that the fourth <laughs> dose is, quote, not good enough against Omicron. Now they say that the, the doses are good for the previous strains, that may be true, uh, we don't know, but they say it doesn't work for Omicron like they had hoped. And in fact, let's put up the next clip because this is interesting. So hours after releasing the results, Sheba published a statement, this is the university that did the study, published a statement calling for, quote, continuing the vaccination drive for risk groups at the time even though the vaccine doesn't provide optimal protection against getting infected uh, with the variant, end quote. And this is the last line from the Times of Israel article. Hebrew media is reporting that the hospital was pressured into issuing that statement after the health ministry didn't like the publication of the study's initial results. So the politicians in the health uh, in the ministry did not like the science that came out of the university so they pressured the university. You better add a, a line there telling people they still need to take these things even though they don't work. Yes, and, and they'll do this. And uh, the, the saying goes that once you come down with uh, the infection, even though you've been fully vaccinated, it's always uh, added on because they have been such champions of the vaccine. They say, yeah. ah, but you would have been a lot worse off. You, yeah. you, know, you might have been on a respirator yeah. something. So they, they, uh, they always put that in there that it could, could be a lot worse. But they never compare it to, uh, you, you know, are they uh, worse off than the people who never took any vaccine? Yeah. And, and that's where the evidence will continue to grow uh, where people who didn't have access to it uh, didn't necessarily suffer more so. Just, I mean, we have the evidence in our states and all. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the states that did not do the lockdowns and didn't pound away, uh, uh, that uh, they, did, they didn't do a lot worse. They didn't do no. worse, no. Well, that's the, um, that's the thing about this. You know, the, the, uh, the narrative was initially back in, in April, even as late as April and May, that these shots will protect 100% against catching the, the virus. That is obviously not true. But the narrative is falling apart in other places. And we'll st let's stay in Israel right now because this is a fascinating interview with the, what, the head of their vaccines. Let's put this up if we can, this next clip. This is Professor Cyril Cohen. 
Uh, he's the head of immuno immunology at the Bar Ilan University, and he is uh, one of the, the chief vaccine uh, for the government. And he says, quote, we have made mistakes. And it's an interview with him on the website Unheard. But let's go to the next one because there are some, I think, some bombshell um, admissions from here. An honest, an honest professor, an honest, uh, he's a member of the advisory committee for vaccines for the Israeli government. Uh, listen to what he's saying, Dr. Paul. The vaccine passport concept is no longer relevant in the Omicron era and should be phased out. He expects that to happen, he said. He and his colleagues are surprised and disappointed that the vaccines did not prevent transmission as they originally had hoped. Um, the biggest mistake of the pandemic, he said, in Israel was closing the schools and education. He apologized for that. He also said widespread infection is now an inevitable part of future immunity, otherwise known as herd immunity, which is what people were arguing, the Barrington and before, Alex Barrington and everyone, from the very beginning. And the last one, if we can just keep that up there, please, that Omicron has accelerated the pandemic into the endemic phase uh, in which COVID will essentially be like the flu. These are pretty amazing revelations from a top Israeli uh, government official. You know, at the beginning, if you ever used the word passport, it was considered really, really bad manners and yeah. bad uh, science and the whole works. And you weren't even allowed to talk about it. But it's interesting how this scientist now reports that uh, there, it's no longer necessary to pursue this thing of vaccine passports. And I've never, it's probably been said by some of the oppositions casually like this, but to me it was so casual. That was what they were really thinking yep. about all along. But, exactly. uh, but to, to think about that two years ago, uh, oh, boy, you, you are really a, you're really a bad guy. You're out but, left You know, field. when we think about these pros and cons and where to go and, and had we, could we have fully tested things before, when this was done, they had to have an emergency, and uh, that was shared by Republicans and Democrats, and you had to go and show you were active and move along. So you need a, a lot of money. And you had to make a deal with corporations, the pharmaceutical companies, and you had to do one other thing, exempt them from liability. Yep. You, you know, and, uh, and that's how they made a mistake. You, yeah. you know, uh, the government regulations and, and, uh, and approval process probably has done some good, but it's done a lot of harm. But it's not a proper function of government. But there was a time when it wouldn't have been so uh, so outlandish as this has been this past year on what they could do without proper approval. Now, now they're up to the fourth fourth dose, and they're still wondering wonder what to do now. Yeah. I guess it's best we go ahead and yeah. do this, and uh, maybe a, a little bit of waiting, or maybe those companies. If they had a little bit of responsibility and liability on this, maybe they would have been moved uh, in a different uh, direction uh, in order to try to protect the patients. It's pretty easy to look into Pfizer's history of bad medicine, of lying, of being punished, of being fined for lying for bad medicine. All you had to do was do that. But, you know, we found out from Fauci's uh, financial release that he's made a lot of money during the, the uh, so-called crisis. So... It's worked for some people, where it's put a lot of other people in, in a bad way. Well, let's look at um, the next story, which is a really another sick story. We're angry about it. But we're going to start with the good part of that story. So let's put on that first clip. They kicked out Djokovic, 
Uh, they kicked him out of Australia. He won't be able to play. He won't be able to. Uh, it's a it's it's a it's a stain on what would have been I think his fourth win straight win at the Australian Open, the greatest tennis player of all time. It would have been they've destroyed that, uh, and they did it all for political reasons. But here's Newsweek: the Novak Djokovic saga causes refunds to outstrip ticket sales at the Australian Open. People are voting with their dollars, and they're saying if you're going to do this kind of stuff. We're not even going to go. No, and, and, you know, that happened here. You know, when the height of these demonstrations at football games uh, was going on and all the lockdown, and nobody was there and what happening. And uh, things are changing now because the attitudes have, have changed. And uh, that means that's, that's the vote that we have to look at, not just the, the uh, nonsense we hear from Washington and the uh, pontification, you know. Uh, yeah. That, uh, that they will t- take care of this. But uh, the, um, the thing about this on sports, I've talked about sports a lot and I've uh, complained a lot about, and what was it, 1980? Yeah, uh, the Olympics, that, yeah. Uh, Clint, uh, Carter canceled the United States going there because of us agitating the Russians, just like we're doing again, yeah, yeah. you know. The Russians are coming, the Russians are coming. So, so they did that. Uh, my argument was, you know, that uh, bringing people together to play sports, we should have been playing against uh, the uh, Cubans in baseball a long time ago, yeah. you know, and uh, that might have gotten some of this aggressive attitude out of the way. So, uh, but th- this is almost the opposite of that. You know, I noticed it on a personal basis that uh, Republicans and Democrats they, they, when I was there, it wasn't quite like it is now. Yeah. Now it's really vicious. Yeah. But, wh- but one thing I did know that there were disagreements, and sometimes it would get pretty strong. But I tell you what, when we played the congressional baseball game, Republicans against the Democrats, uh, there there was something about the people we were playing with. You remembered people who played baseball with us. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it was completely different. It was above politics. Yeah. It didn't matter much. We, we played baseball together, and that's it. But this is almost the opposite, is what they're doing this with uh, uh, Jokonovic. Uh, they're, they're, making, they're antagonizing people. They're yeah. splitting and, and, and causing dissension and not, not bringing people together. And uh, so, so they're using sports in a schizophrenic way and they're using it. Uh, but I think uh, overall, the sports still are, are better and maybe, because there's a lot of cheering going on for um, uh, Djokovic right yeah, now. Yeah. And uh, even though they really spited them, I mean, that was as vicious what they have done. It had nothing to do with saving lives yeah. and medical care and all that. It was all pure politics and just can't stand somebody that would be willing to sacrifice his reputation and money and everything else because he believed in something strongly enough that he was willing to challenge them. Yeah. They, they can't stand, can't stand and they get, get rid of them, get them out of the way, send them home. We don't want to see them again. And now what uh, the French, you'd think maybe the French would stand up and uh, act more adult-like uh, and welcome them, but it looks like there's a tennis match over there and he might not get to play in uh, The French Open and even the U.S. Open in New York because they've got a vax mandate. So they're trying, they want to destroy the best tennis player probably in history. They want to destroy him. They want to grind him into the dirt, as you say, for political reasons. And, uh, you know, our friend Tom Longo had a good piece on Lou Rockwell today where he talks about they're not even ashamed of the fact that it's for political. In fact, they're proud of it. Let's put up that next uh, quote, that next uh, picture if we can. 
Alex Hawke's his name, he's the immigration minister for Australia, he out and out admitted that it's politics. And this is from an article about the deportation. He accepted Djokovic's recent COVID-19 infection meant that he was a negligible risk to those around him, but he was, quote, perceived by some as a talisman of a community of anti-vaccine sentiment. So he posed, no, just leave it up though, he posed no threat to anyone, they admit it, but the fact that people look up to him made him dangerous. He said, I consider that Djokovic's ongoing presence in Australia may lead to an increase in anti-vaccination sentiment generated in the Australian community, leading to civil unrest, etc., etc. Mr. Djokovic is a person of influence and status. Oh. That's what they didn't like. And the last thing he said, having regard to Mr. Djokovic's conduct after receiving a positive COVID result, he publicly stated his views as well as his unvaccinated status. I consider his ongoing presence in Australia may encourage other people to disregard or act inconsistently with public health advice and policies in Australia. Translation. If he's allowed to stay, other people might not obey us. And that's what we want above all. You know, you, you, you mentioned one thing that caught my attention because the people that are promoting this and trying to hurt Djokovic um, said that they, they didn't, they, it didn't bother them that they didn't have any shame. There's no shame. They don't feel badly about it at yeah. all. And I think this is such a good example of uh, how sociopaths think yeah. because they have no social uh, etiquette at all. They have, have no sense of decency. They don't have a higher law. They have just themselves for the immediate effect of, of, of what they're doing. And it might be political power. It yeah. might be it right there. It might be money. It might be both. But that is what drives them and they live by it. And uh, they refuse to say, well, maybe there's a higher law of decency, how you ought to treat people. And when you make mistakes or have an accident and somebody gets hurt, uh, the natural thing should be to, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, doing this. But no shame. No, they don't have any shame. And that means that the people who say that and uh, use it, and so, so often we see this in politics, uh, they, they're, they're sociopaths. They have no sense of right and wrong. Yeah. Well, Scott Morrison is the Prime Minister of Australia. He's one of the chief uh, criminals, uh, one of the chief fascists that are running the country. And he was all blustery when they decided to deport Djokovic. They said, uh, he said, I've kept this country safe. I've kept our death rate the lowest of anywhere. I've kept the infections lower than everywhere because of what I'm doing. We can't have someone like him over here, uh, you know, suggesting otherwise. Well, hey, Mr. Morrison, how's that working out for you? Let's put on this next clip. This is from the top of Drudge today from Yahoo News. Mr. Morrison, how's this working out? Australia suffers deadliest day of pandemic as Omicron drives up hospital cases. It's not working, Scott Morrison. You destroyed your country. You turned it fascist for nothing. He's, got, he's, a, he's, he's a really bad guy. Well, time will tell. Hopefully, uh -huh. truth will prevail. We're getting worked up over here. <laughs> we uh -huh. want to promote that a little bit <laughs> yeah. here and there. Because uh, I, I still do believe that uh, when, when people are offered this, uh, the, the choice between good and evil, in a reasonable fashion, that uh, most most people would rather play baseball than drop bombs on each yeah, other. I just, absolutely. I'm sure, because I think our uh, there there have been times when I think of uh, how 
how people go to movies and musicals and uh, and uh, sporting events and all this. And I, boy, that doesn't seem very productive. But all of a sudden, I see this different. Looks like they're having fun, yeah. you know, and maybe that's a lot more important than me deciding, we well, you know you should be doing something different yeah. with your life. But uh, to, ha to have, have that and, and having fun is one thing, but that, of course, is what they don't really, really care about, you know. Yeah. Well, speaking of not caring about anyone, <laughs> let's think about the U.S. military and what they've done to so many people. They've kicked out so many people. They've destroyed their lives, destroyed their careers. Uh, you know, this whole support the troops, yeah, that's a bumper sticker. That's not the policy of the U.S. military. And here we have the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, the guy with shots in all of his arms everywhere you can imagine. Let's put up the next, the next uh, pick. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, chairman. The shots didn't work. Joint Chiefs chairman and Marine Corps commandant both have COVID-19. Uh, Mark Milley has received his vaccine and a booster. So the whole rationale for forcing these military people who are at very low risk because they're predominantly young and very fit, for forcing them to do it was to prevent transmission. Guess what, General Milley? They don't, and you're the living proof that they don't. Who's going to apologize to all these ruined lives of the service yeah, members? And we'd much rather, uh, uh, you know, learn more about science and we need more experimentation. We need to give more boosters because we're studying endocarditis and yeah. we're going to have all the victims there that we can study and figure out why they why they are, are getting sick after these boosters. Uh, but that, that is really uh, tragic. But there's there, there's several of the military leaders. Austin, yeah. uh, Lord Austin also was positive and and uh, this, this is, uh, this is the whole thing. But they don't say, um, you know, anybody in the group of the Marines that, were, that refused a shot, and there were quite a few. Yeah. And I wonder how many of them are all of a sudden sick and in the hospital. But you know, I don't know how many. Yeah. There has to have been some, just yeah. uh, because that's the way the world works. But don't you think that the other side's capable of making use of somebody being sick and even dying from this disease and say, "See, see, they yeah. deserve this," yeah. you know, yeah. because they uh, uh, they they wouldn't take the vaccine, and we're this is a good example. They've used them as good as examples all along. But that to me is so so tragic. But it's it's good that there's been none reported. Maybe there have been some, but uh, it's um, it's it's amazing that uh, uh, most likely there's been more people, <laughs> you, you know, that are in the news right now that uh, have been vaccinated. And I'm, I'm I'm fascinated with that's getting in the news. There was a time when they would never tell you that uh, y you know that they've had their shots. Yeah, I know, and it's interesting. V very very few military members have died of COVID, very, very few. If we talk about how much the military, I'm just looking at an article here in Newsweek, COVID deaths in military spike in last four months, despite 96% being vaccinated. So people are dying from it in there, even though it may be because of the fact that they're taking these shots. So the whole thing is a failure. Hopefully there'll be some, some, you know, some justice in the end. Ultimately there will be justice in the end, but that might not come right. in this world. But I would just finish out by, th you know, thanking our viewers, if, if, if we're done, sure. thanking our viewers and reminding them, I don't know how it works for you guys, but when I go to my YouTube and I'm logged into Google and I go to YouTube, I used to see Ron Paul Liberty Report as a suggested because I check in several times to see how well are we doing? Is anyone watching our show? Are we just talking to ourselves? 
Uh, and I used to have it in, in recommended and suggested. I never see it anymore. I don't know if that's the same for you, uh, if you don't see it anymore, but that means, at least to me, that they're hiding it. They don't want people to see what we have to say, uh, and it's a cheap way of doing it, but it's a way of censoring people. So if that's the case with you, please subscribe to the channel, press like, share the show. Maybe we can trick the algorithms to have it be a little bit more prominent, but we're working our hardest to try to bring uh, some information that may not be popular with some of the censors, and they're doing their job to make sure that nobody sees it. So let's defeat the bad guys and try to promote the show if we can, and we certainly thank you for doing that. You know, even when uh, we first started this program, what, four, five years ago or so? At least. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, and I've admitted, you know, that I have uh, no expertise when it comes to computers and understanding social media and all. But I did understand something about the need to have a platform. You have, a, have to have a place to park this kind of stuff. And from the very beginning, uh, we talked about it. What, what can we do and what can we use? And... Even though I wasn't the technician that knew and understood when and how that was going to come about, I had a lot of optimism because from the very beginning of the, the Internet, all I remember is the very first people who started communicating on the Internet were libertarian. I said, I think that uh, the, the um, libertarian efforts, uh, the p people will be able to take the Internet and, and, and have it as competition against the people if they get too big and too ornery. And I think that's coming. I think it's out there. And uh, I think we still talk about it and we still have some plans on what we have to do if necessary. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to continue to get our message out because we we do use the internet. We do reach uh, people. Maybe it's been compromised, but I think uh, finding information uh, on the internet is uh, where I find it fantastic. I don't think they're going to, it looks too big to me for somebody to come along and say, so long, this is done. But it's, it's always a threat. But I tell you what, um, you know, ideas are the most important things. And it has been said that uh, armies can't stop an idea that has time has come. But uh, the ideas uh, say that ideas whose time has come can't be stopped by people misusing the Internet and trying to destroy the effort to get out good information. So uh, for that reason, I will remain optimistic that somebody's going to come along and make sure we have the technology to spread the message of liberty. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.